0: Sometimes you need to take control to make a difference. That's why with FlexPath from Capella University, you're in control. Set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move at a pace that works for you. Discover a different way forward at capella.edu.
1: The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show.
0: All-Hit Radio! Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact
2: is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back to the X-Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. On the Star Radio Network, the X-Zone Broadcast Network, and our family of broadcast affiliates right across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim, Australia, Asia, India, Africa, and Europe. If you'd like to give us a call, worldwide toll-free 1-800-610-7035. My email address is xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, Exxon Radio TV at Hotmail.com and our website com. My guest this hour is Dr. Nick Begich and uh, Nick is well known around the world for his many, many works on and research on mind effects and I'd just like to read you something before we bring Nick on Xonation. This is from Wired Magazine. The title of the article is Danger Room. What's Next in National Security? Pentagon Preps Soldier Telepathy Push. Forget the battlefield radios, forget the PDAs, or even infantry hand signals. When the soldiers of the future want to communicate, they'll read each other's minds. At least that's the hope of researchers at the Pentagon's mad science division, DARPA. The agency's budget for the next fiscal year includes $4 million to start up a program called Silent Talk. The goal is to allow user-to-user communication on the battlefield without the use of vocalized speech through analysis of neural signals. That's on top of the $4 million the Army handed out last year to the University of California to investigate the potential for computer-mediated telepathy. Now, before uh, being vocalized, speech exists as a word-specific neural signals in the mind. DARPA wants to develop technology that would detect these signals of pre-speech, analyze them, and then transmit, them, uh, transmit the statement to an intended interlocutor. Uh, now, DARPA plans to use EEG to read the brainwaves. It's a technique they've, uh, they're also testing in a project to devise mind-reading binoculars that alert sur- soldiers to threats faster than the uh, conscious mind can process them. Now, Dr. Nick Begich, our guest this hour, is well known for his work and research on mind effects. More of a sinister kind uh, rather than life-enhancing. He has widely reported in these areas as an expert for many publications government organizations and private companies he has been an expert witness for the European Parliament on these subjects and provides significant research contributions in this area now although the lay institute on technologies through the i'm sorry although through the lay institute of technologies he organized a private meeting of top scientists in the area of mind effects in 2007 nick has authored five books in seven languages on technology and the impacts of change Heard on thousands of radio and television talk shows, as well as documentaries. He is a frequent commentator on new technologies, energy, politics, education, and the environment. And Nick, it's great having you back here in the Exo, and Hope all is well with you way up in Alaska.
3: It's great, and I appreciate um, being on with you and your audience again and, uh, on, on this topic, which uh, is drawing uh, increased attention as, as time goes on.
2: Nick, you and I have to take a two-minute commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about this. We're going to be talking, uh, ExoNation, about mind-brain-enhancing effects of modern technology. Dr. Nick Begich is our special guest, ExoNation. His website's www.earthpulse.com and www.layinstitute.org. Nick Begich and I will be back on the other side of this two-minute commercial break as the x continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Once again, if you'd like to find out more about Dr. Nick Begich, visit his websites www.earthpulse.com and www.layinstitute.org. My name is Rob McConnell, and this is the x coming to you live from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talkstar Radio Network and the Exxon Broadcast Network. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine like hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining room can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you're visiting, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic Fellsmere, Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing Four zero one zero zero eight zero to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember two one three four zero one zero zero eight zero for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365.
1: Aloha, and I'll see you in mystical Maui.
2: Speaking about mind games, the military has been uh, funding a handful of mind-tapping technologies uh, recently and already have monkeys capable of telepathic limb control. Telepathy may also have uh, advantages beyond covert battlefield chatter. Last year, the National Research Council and the Defense Intelligence Agency released a report suggesting that neuroscience might also be useful to make the enemy obey our commands. The first step, though, may be getting a grunt to obey his officers remotely uh, transmitted thoughts. Dr. Nick Begich is our special guest, and uh, Nick is the author of Controlling the Human Mind, Angels Don't Play This Harp, Earth Rising, The Revolution, Toward a Thousand Years of Peace, and Earth Rising 2, The Betrayal of Science, Society, and the Soul. And uh, some of uh, Nick's uh, DVDs include Technologies of the 21st Century, Mind Control, Brave New, World of Enhancing Human Performance, Harp, The Update, and Earth Changes, The Ripple Effect. His website, www.earthpulse.com. Nick, how did your research lead you into the direction of enhancing human brain performance?
3: Well, you know my, that's actually where my interest started. You know the idea of um uh, sort of the misuses of this technology were something that came uh, later and, mm-hmm. and became important enough to start writing about but But the idea of um, enhancing human brain performance using technologies to um, you know to, to increase what we're capable of was always a fascinating uh, area for me and then of course. Uh, stepping in, I think the, the place where people started to see see my work come forward was during the Harp controversies yeah. uh, back uh, in the mid '90s, and we uh, started getting very concerned uh, about sort of the direction in which general technologies were moving, uh, sort of away from bullets and bombs and ordnance and more towards these uh, more exotic weapons, uh, the, the kind that that eventually led to this subject, which is a sort of direct uh, coupling and interpretation. Of um, um, a mind activity or mental activity
2: you know, you know Nick, when had, you look at that I'm, I'm sorry
3: Go so ahead. I, I was just going to say when you look at that whole area, mm-hmm. you know it it's even starting to make mainstream uh, media concerns, even back as far as two thousand and two. Uh, the Economist had a cover story in the may twenty fifth issue called Mind Control and it was a short article just dealing with the ethics. Of this emerging uh, science,
2: you know, Nick, I, I thought of you during the um, the Haitian, uh, the Jamaican uh, earthquake. Uh, there were a couple of reports where uh, different news agencies had even speculated that HARP may have been responsible for the uh, Jamaican earthquake or Haitian earthquake. I'm yeah, sorry,
3: the Haitian earthquake. Yeah, yeah. you know, we had um, seen some of those reports, and of course, uh, it, it seems like every time there's a major event. Uh, somebody contacts us, yeah. or a number of people do. And in this case, and, and the reason for that is because uh, geophysical manipulation, the idea of qu- uh, creating earthquakes, uh, is technically uh, possible. In fact, um, even Secretary of Defense William Cohen, uh, we quoted him in a, in the book Earth Rising the Revolution. He said, and I quote, uh, others are engaging even in an ecotype of terrorism, whereby they can alter climates set are for earthquakes and volcanoes remotely through the use of electromagnetic waves, mm-hmm. unquote. And that was April 28, 1997, so way before 9-11, way before the big concerns about international um, terrorism rising to the level they are today. And yet, this type of technology was being attributed uh, to terrorist states as far back as 2002 What we have said and and we continue to say is is this area is one that has not just been uh, of interest to terrorists but also to our own country. In fact, 60 other countries signed agreements, uh, an international treaty, back in the mid-1970s where we agreed not to do this kind of thing. That treaty uh, was being discussed when Rumsfeld was still in his position uh, trying to get uh, the U.S. to dump the treaty so that we could use these more uh, exotic technologies.
2: (laughs) Now, Nick, in the in the recent article in Wired magazine that I read a bit of earlier, uh, bringing you on to the show, the military is once again advancing ideas in the area of electronic telepathy. What is DARPA doing about this subject right now?
0: Well, you
3: know, this is interesting. Is we had um, Ben Eastland, who was one of the uh, inventors of the Harp uh, system, and we had a closed conference in Dallas uh, mm-hmm. back in 2007, just before, actually, Ben passed away, and the issue of uh, mind effects was the topic for that conference. Um, we, had, we had talked to uh, Ben. I personally uh, had a had a long chat with him about this subject, and he had actually talked to the top guy at DARPA. Um, I'm trying to remember his last name, Tony Tether, I think it was, but the head guy at DARPA, and he raised the issue of mind effects with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and his statement to me, Ben Eastland's to me, was, no one's laughing at DARPA anymore. Uh, This is a very serious subject and one that resources are are beginning and have for a number of years uh, flown into. The idea of being able to literally read a person's uh, thoughts uh, is being discussed even even outside of DARPA circles. We're hearing discussions about that even being used for uh, indicating stress levels of people passing through airports, uh, passing through machines similar to what we see in the Uh, strip-search machine or the metal detectors, uh, but a new concept that really looks at the mind itself and the function of the brain to see uh, what you might be thinking. And so it it is moving, uh, moving in a lot of directions um, and getting a fair amount of funding these days.
2: What is required to analyze the brain in real time to know what the person's thinking, Nick?
3: Well, it's computing power is the biggest uh, thing. You know, being able to translate and interpret mm-hmm. the the signals at a distance, you know, becomes uh, you know a bit of an obstacle. Although I think a lot of that technology has been evolved and developed. The idea of looking at complex brain function and making an analysis of that, so you can sort of generalize across populations to see really what those brain signals mean and to try and translate them in the same way that people translate uh, language, but looking at uh, the brain activity itself. So. Using EEGs or more sophisticated methods of, of brain imaging, um, being able to look in real time as a person's thinking at what they're thinking—that's mm-hmm. um, sort of where the science is today. And computing power has been the biggest um, obstacle, and we're—you know—we're quickly overcoming that as, as our machines become faster and, and more capable. So, you know, I, I think we're there at least in terms of uh, gross emotional uh, sense of a person you can deduce pretty readily, specific thoughts. We're getting better at it. We're, we're getting to the point where we can actually, with our brains, control uh, mechanics, uh, mechanical objects. Uh, that's, that's the crude and early stages uh, of what we're talking about today.
2: What about getting the enemy to obey our commands? Is that really possible?
3: Well, you know there's some technologies already um that that have some of that uh, capability the idea of using what are called silent subliminals these are words below the level of conscious hearing mm-hmm. in fact, there's patents uh regarding this that we cite in in the book in the book control Nick, are you there <laughs> yeah, yeah was okay. that on your end
2: yeah I, I guess so uh we just kind of uh, lost you, but you're okay, back with, well, well, you're back we're with back. us now.
3: You got me okay? Yep, yeah, yep,
2: yeah, we've got you fine. Uh, we were talking, uh, what, what we were saying, uh, what you were saying was that uh, you were talking about the book and, and, and you know, being, uh, having the uh, the, uh, the enemy obey our, obey our commands.
3: Right, this, this idea of being able to um, look at brain activity uh, from a different perspective. Silent subliminals, uh, there mm-hmm. are patents that have been developed for this where you can actually embed uh, language on, say, radio um, uh, music coming into an area. For instance, in the uh, Iraqi war in the first Iraqi conflict, uh, Scottish media reported after the fact that we had actually done this. We had recorded um, uh, signals on the regular broadcast, broadcasting Muslim music and prayer, into the country that actually stimulated fear, anxiety, uh, this kind of uh, feeling. Uh, and what we saw in that first Gulf conflict was, you know, the fourth-largest army collapse, like they had been, you know, kids on a playground uh, fire drill the first time, and and I think that's indicative of sort of the state of the technology. Say a decade ago, when that mm-hmm. was used, um, again, just affecting the emotional state, and any electromagnetic carrier uh, can be used to create that effect. This this includes uh, radio, TV, uh, you know, any kind of um, uh, energy transfer can carry a signal um, that creates these kinds of emotional uh, disturbances. In fact, there was a great article in the U.S. Army Quarterly back in the late 90s uh, that that we quote extensively throughout our work that talked about this. And what they said essentially is uh, any uh, electromagnetic emanation, cable being sent through telephone lines, TV, radio networks, uh, supply pipes, even incandescent lamps, Mm -hmm. uh, the signal would manipulate uh, the behavior of those in contact Uh, with that signal. And so this is more on the emotional level, affecting people's general uh, state state of being.
2: It seems that uh, mind games, as John Lennon sang, is is going to be more truth than fiction in in the very near future, if not already.
3: Yeah, I think already. In fact, you go back to the research on this, and you can go back uh, many, many decades. Uh, you back to the early uh, 1950s, and even before. Some of the very earliest work was done in the hypnotherapy labs of Harvard University in the 1920s and 30s by a guy named Esther Brooks. Uh, he was got some notoriety mm-hmm. by recommending um, LSD treatments in psychology uh, in psychotherapy back in the 60s, about the same time the CIA was actively using um, LSD and other uh, hallucinogenics um, in tests for, again, their mind and yeah. mind control testing. And, and, you know, a lot of that, you know, when you go back to those days, people were thinking about mind control as sort of all the sinister aspects of controlling or manipulating people, getting you to do things that maybe you normally wouldn't do. Right. But I think there's a, another dimension to this, and we, we, we talk about it often these days, and it's the dimension that, what they also discovered along the way was sort of what the anomalous capabilities of humans were, what these unusual characteristics that weren't well mm-hmm. understood. In, in the early days, they used to call them uh, uh, extrasensory perceptions. Today, they call it uh, uh, anomalous human capacities. And so <laughs> it depends on, on whose language you want to use, but I, I think the, 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 the uh, latter was just a little bit too controversial in the current frame. But this is the nature of it. And so when you see articles like DARPA playing around with mental telepathy, it's about that sort of um, sixth sense, that other capability that we might have uh, that they're extremely interested in. And there were other researchers as far back as the 80s who had made some great progress um, in this area, again, sort of explaining uh, those attributes of human beings that are otherwise Unexplainable. Alright, let's talk more
2: about, about, about that this. on the other side of this news break, Nick. Dr. Okay. Nick Begich is our special guest. www.earthpulse.com. That's earthpulse.com. And uh, Nick and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the exome continues right here from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Four zero one zero zero eight zero to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember two one three four zero one zero zero eight zero for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back, Exon Nation. Our very special guest this hour is an old friend of the Exxon, Doctor Nick Begich, and uh, Nick is the author of Controlling the Human Mind, Angels Don't Play This Harp. Earth Rising, The Revolution, Toward a Thousand Years of Peace, Earth Rising 2, The Betrayal of Science, Society, and Soul. And uh, some of Nick's DVDs include Technologies of the 21st Century, Mind Control, Brave New World or Enhancing Human Performance, Harp, The Update, and Earth Changes, The Ripple Effect. Nick's website is www.earthpulse.com. Uh, Nick, the military apparently is working on mind-reading binoculars to be used for interpreting threats. Now, how might these work?
3: Well, it's it's the same uh, general idea. They're they're looking at uh, brain activity mm-hmm. and then creating a um, sensitive enough instrument that will actually be able to read at a distance. The objective is, you know, to find out uh, again what your adversary um, is thinking. Uh, initially, I think what they're going to be looking at primarily is, is just general emotional state, which I think it'd be fairly easy to figure out what that is on the battlefield mm-hmm. I mean, it's uh stress for sure i mean huge amounts of it but being able to um sort of look at activity and then again um, being able to to interpret it uh, that's where this science uh this science is and where it's headed and it you know and it's not so much um even even so much about. Um, controlling although that's always been a big part of it the other aspect of it is uh, you know what happens uh, when you awaken uh, these unusual characteristics in people and I think this was the greater concern of uh, military and intelligence researchers you know when they started to look at sort of anomalous people people who have these unusual characteristics and what they can do um, that became pretty interesting. The idea or the realization that every human being maybe has these capabilities latently, I think, was one of the things they discovered along the way. And the way that you inhibit um, the ability to reach these higher states of awareness or these abilities uh, is to keep people in a constant state of stress. Um, look around, and uh, I think everyone can pretty much acknowledge that's the state that most people are in for mm-hmm. A variety of reasons, but as long as you're in that condition and you look at an EEG, those instruments that measure brain activity, uh, what you'll see is uh, incoherent uh, brain patterns from people who are under stress, uh, the kind of brain patterns that don't lend themselves to higher order thinking and certainly don't lend themselves to extra uh, sensory perception. That requires a slowing of the mind and body, uh, a, a very controlled, rhythmic, uh, coherent kind of signal then emanates. Uh, from the brain, which can be uh, easily analyzed. In fact, you can even drive those mental states. You can create situations where you actually can create that sort of zone, that place where uh, you're in your ideal state of mental performance. At the same time, the recognition of that and the recognition of disturbing people's ability to think clearly, rationally, that's what so much of the military emphasis is really about. It's the idea of knocking your enemy um, off their pedestal in a way where they can't even control sophisticated weaponry, even if they had it available to them.
2: You conducted a closed conference uh, for the Lay Institute when you were working for them on, on mind effects. I understand ESP did come up as a topic right. in both the formal and informal sessions, Nick. What is going on here, and where is technology going to be taking us?
3: Well, this was interesting. Is you know Everyone in attendance... Um, pretty much felt that that was uh, a normal sort of thing. In fact, uh, Rosalie Bertel uh, made a presentation. She is a um, Ph.D. Uh, in in, uh, in physics and mathematics, a brilliant, brilliant person. Uh, her sense of it was that this is really the next evolution of, of humans, that mm. this uh, capability uh, will be more manifest in, in the next generation as really a coping mechanism. The fact that human beings are now trying to create sort of artificial systems, in, in reality, uh, we're sort of mirroring our own. And, and the idea that humans have this sort of attribute, and hearing it among scientists, both formally and informally, was pretty impressive. The most impressive speaker uh, in the conference was Alexander Kaber Raymond, the former uh, head of the biophysics lab of the USSR Academy of Science, it's the most impressive on this specific topic. And what he concluded and what he presented Uh, was pretty phenomenal. He gave a a mathematical basis or formula or theoretical model for how these things occur. And Alex, uh, he got his interest in all of this back when he was a teenager. He's now in his 60s. Um, When he was uh, watching the demonstration of the paranormal uh, in the former Soviet Union, that caught his interest. And with a a guy with an IQ that just goes literally right off the charts, he dedicated his life to sort of figuring that out uh, and as a consequence he's to, he developed a number of papers in the last couple of years that attempt to give a theoretical model and, and the importance of that is that model becomes useful uh, for engineers and, and the transition to engineering which actually create um, mechanisms that can accomplish the things that, 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 that he you know developed theoretically The interesting part of his model is the root of the mathematics, which he re-ran the numbers a, a number of times just because they they baffled him and, and yet um, made sense to him. And, and what it was was the final summation of the number uh, turned out to be a mathematical formula that's referred to as the golden mean, sort of the essence of this sort of attribute of, of human beings boils down to the same mathematics that shows up in all of the great structures of the world. It shows up in most living Uh, organisms in one form or another. Um, Very interesting that it it would boil down to a mathematical principle that's Mm -hmm. been understood to be um, a little bit esoteric and at the same time um, not so esoteric, more scientific over the the, uh, millennium, actually.
2: Nick, when we're looking at all these uh, advances, if I can use that word, in warfare, why isn't it then just possible for warring nations to do everything electronically and just bypass the soldiers?
3: Well, I think on on some levels we're going to start to see more of that. We're going to see more of a covert kind of war where we can disturb uh, disturb a nation's mental uh, functioning. I mean, Mm -hmm. think about this as a practical matter, the kind of havoc that could be uh, wrought with that. In fact, there was an article in... um, technology uh, horizon was produced by the research lab for the Air Force back in June of 2004 where they talked about exactly this what they call controlled effects being able to manipulate um, the the operators or the human uh, the human uh, participants Mm -hmm. uh, in conflicts in such a way where they wouldn't even be able to know it I mean they couldn't even distinguish that they were being um, literally affected and this is again where the, where the direction of war changes from one of bullets and bombs to one of um, gamesmanship in terms of how to manipulate uh, people uh, and, and events. And when you start to look at some of the geophysical manipulation that we just alluded to in the last segment, you know, those same kinds of things where you can literally create geophysical events that can be explained away as natural, uh, and yet there are many countries in the world that are working and have developed technologies in this very same area.
2: If the governments of the world are are working on methods to control the the uh, the enemy, let's say they master it, what would be what would what would stop them from using these very techniques on the citizens?
3: Uh, absolutely nothing. In fact, the former um, uh, secretary of the Air Force suggested that all weapons that would be classified as non-lethal, which these fit into. Mm-hmm. actually be tested on Americans first before they're deploy, deployed in uh, battlefields. That you know raised a lot of questions, and, uh, and, and he's no longer serving in that capacity in, in the last couple of years. But the point is uh, they do experiment on Americans. In fact, Secretary of Energy O'Leary during the Clinton administration acknowledged a half a million American victims of human experiments that included everything from mind control to injecting black Americans with syphilis in the southeast, over a 40-year period, and out of a half a million that they admit to, virtually nobody has ever been held uh, accountable uh, for those crimes against uh, Americans. And, and and the beat goes on. I mean, there's actually a protocol within the Navy that was approved in 2006. It's posted on our website under um, uh, Mind Effects, and it's the rules for sort of ex- human experiments. And on page 9, you'll see the words, Mind control experiments that have to be approved by the Undersecretary of the Navy. Uh, those experiments continue to go on, and the permissions uh, to conduct them continue to go on. RFPs, requests for proposals by the military, continue to be let. Uh, the most recent one that I looked at closed uh, in September 2009. So the work uh, in this area is not slowed at all. In fact, if anything, it's accelerated as we gain greater understandings within the neurosciences uh, areas.
2: Nick, what about the the issue of stimulating the brain for accelerated learning? How might electronic telepathy play into this in the future?
3: Well, this, I think, is very important because, you know, as these techniques develop, uh, one of the things that shows up, in, again, in military planning literature that eventually gets applied in the private sector is this idea of uh, literally downloading information into the human brain. In other words, being able to move information in in such a rapid rate Uh, to imprint memory that you could do uh, some pretty phenomenal uh, things. The problem with this is you you don't filter it out. The conscious mind does the filtering to dump knowledge or dump information straight into the subconscious and then make it accessible. You bypass uh, the subconscious mind. When you think about that in the context of compulsory education in most organized uh, countries of the Mm -hmm. world, the idea of who controls the curriculum then takes on Whole new meaning and much greater uh, societal significance. So as as we gain understanding, the use of this technology for learning and accelerated learning um, comes into play, and in how we use it and who determines what goes in uh, is 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 extremely important. Already there's technologies for sort of enhancing the um, the mind in such a way that it's more receptive uh, to information, imprints it more readily, and there's a lot of good technologies about it. But you're in control. Yeah. You're in control of the knowledge that you feed the brain as opposed to um, some governmental entity determining what that is and then deciding uh, what's best for all of us uh, in terms of basic and general knowledge.
2: Now, I, I, you've, know, you, you've mentioned a few positive potentials for this research, Nick, but what non-drug therapies have been developed for ADD, ADHD, brain training, stroke and brain injury recovery, and, and how does that all work?
3: Well, this is really, uh, I think, some some fascinating areas um, of of the of the research, and uh, you know now we have many methods of biofeedback mm-hmm. uh, for uh, brain enhancement. We also have some things have been developed to create um, a bioral beat, where actually sound comes in in such a way through the ears through a set of headsets that it creates a beat frequency, where the brain then either speeds up or slows down, and when you take attention deficit disordered children, um, oftentimes they tend to be hyperactive uh, and their brains won't slow enough so they can focus their attention. And so techniques have been developed to actually train children to uh, to control their brain waves actively. And they do this in a number of different ways with, with different kinds of games uh, that actually in real time monitor brain activity. And as soon as kids hit this sort of ideal zone for learning they get Mm -hmm. feedback it might be a bouncing ball or a sound signal but these techniques are actually being used extremely effectively um in in the minneapolis school district there was an experiment um, for uh, a charter school for a couple of years and 80 percent of the children that had been previously on uh, psychoactive drugs to either speed them up or slow them down they were able to get rid of their pharmaceuticals and actually learn how to moderate their brain activity using these tools, and then eventually without them. Uh, so that over a period of time, usually a couple of months, they could abandon the tools and immediately get to that ideal state of learning even faster than most uh, what we call normal uh, people. In other words, they, they learned not only to overcome their disability, uh, mm-hmm. but actually learned how to control the mind in a way uh, that made them more capable uh, than their peers.
2: The future of these technologies, Nick, are are certainly going to create synthetic and enhanced senses of taste, touch, sound, uh, sight, and and, uh, touch, as I said. Enhanced artificial sensors are not so far off. How are these technologies coming together, and what benefits can you see in the future?
3: Well, I think, again, you know, if we learn more about the mine, you know, traumatic brain injuries, which we're seeing, you know, a lot of them with our returning veterans Mm -hmm. from both conflicts, you know, we hear about the casualties in terms of death numbers, but a traumatic brain injury is probably one of the biggest uh, casualties of the war, uh, tens of thousands uh, perhaps, uh, even more than that, being impacted by that. So learning sort of how to reroute, brain activity, how to synthesize certain things, um, you know, that becomes pretty valuable and important. And so as we learn about the brain, we learn how to sort of reconstruct that which may have been damaged. In fact, this science is going to go, go a very long way uh, in the future. Our ability to grow uh, brain cells, to, to grow neurons to connect those brain cells has already been done at the Salk Institute taking those brain cells and, and neuro connections and connecting them to electronic substrates has already been done. Mm-hmm. The idea of literally recreating components of the, of the brain that have been damaged, um, that's where the science is headed and I think in, in those respects there's some great things that can come of it and, and I, I think the balancing act is in terms of the life sciences and military technologies often things get suppressed for military purposes that really belong um, to, to wider um, user groups, people that really could benefit immediately by the release of technology. And unfortunately, um, we see a lot of that suppressed in the course of um, a course of time. I don't think this technology will be any different, uh, except to say that, that these days technology is much flatter. Nick,
2: you okay. and I have to take our break. Please stand by. Nick okay. Begich is our special guest. EarthPulse.com. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. And welcome back, everyone. I'd like to take this opportunity of thanking all our guests tonight. David Paul Doyle and I discussed uh, the voice of God in hour number one. Dan Green and I talked in hour number two. Ed Johnson and I talked in hour number three. And to be honest with you, I don't know what the hell he was talking about. But anyway, we had a we had a talk, I guess. We tried to communicate, and then we played uh, X-1 in the uh, second half of that hour. And my guest this hour is our good friend, Dr. Nick Begich. Now, if you'd like to uh, get a hold of Nick, he's got a couple of great websites, Earthpulse dot earthpulse.com, and layinstitute.org. And once again, uh, Dr. Nick's books include Controlling the Human Mind, Angels Don't Play This Harp, Earth Rising, the revolution towards a thousand years of peace, and Earth Rising too, the betrayal of science, society, and soul. Nick, uh, what do you think the future holds as we discover these attributes to our human potential, or of our human potential?
3: You know, I, you know, I think we're gonna we're, we are going to go through um, a really interesting uh, period. Those those are fortunate enough to to live through. Uh, this period of of history, I think, mm-hmm. are going to see um, humans capable of uh, the, un- the previously unexplainable. I think the next uh, 10 years, 15 years, uh, we're going to see uh, these kinds of capabilities more readily demonstrated, um, understood, and the mechanisms behind them finally figured out. And and and, and here's what I what, what I really look forward to. And and speaking. Uh, Maybe a little bit in a non-scientific way, but but I believe humans are much more uh, than, than we recognize. I think these capabilities are latent within all of us, uh, the things that have been reported as um, telepathy, telekinesis, the, the idea of moving things with the mind, uh, out-of-body out uh, experiences, which might be a lot of different kinds of experiences. But the bottom line is, humans, uh, we are about to stretch, uh, a stretch that perhaps Uh, we need for our very survival uh, in this millennium. Uh, Certainly, the technologies that we are evolving are mirroring our own capabilities in many respects, and at the end of the day, I think we're going to find very gifted and empowered uh, humans uh, capable of recognizing uh, what we are, who we are, and then acting uh, accordingly. I think there's great things uh, happening there. In fact, I think it is uh, the counterpunch uh, to the um, things that we see around the world today that we find so disagreeable.
2: Nick, as always, time just flies by whenever you're with us. I want to thank you so much, Nick, for joining us and uh, for the great work that you do. Uh, Let our listeners know once again how they can contact you, Nick, and find out more about you and where they can find your books.
3: Sure. Um, Our books are um, all over the place in terms of Amazon and all over the web, but do check out EarthPulse, E-A-R-T-H-P-U-L-S-E, Pulse. Dot com And that's uh, our site. There's a lot of good information there. A lot of it is free. Uh, of course, pick up a book when you're done with it. Send it to your congressman. Send it to your senator. Maybe we can wake up some of those folks that are still asleep at the switch.
2: Nick, take care of yourself, my good friend. Always great talking to you. And I look forward to the next time you and I meet here in the X Zone.
3: Thanks for having me.
2: Always a pleasure, Nick. www.earthpulse.com. Well, that's it for tonight, everyone. I'll be back tomorrow night at 10 o'clock. Thanks very much for allowing us to be part of your day and your night. And always remember to keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light. Good night, everyone.